It's the Not So Bon Voyage podcast episode 25 and it's our half birthday. On today's episode, we talk about deranged starving monkeys and the ultimate Russian travel conspiracy. Grab your bananas and let's go. And then the train got lost. How does the train get lost when it's on rails? I just want to get out there in the wild. Well, it was in the itinerary. I mean, adventure, it's calling. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been excellent. Whoa, is that how we're starting this week? That's it. That's, That's it. That's the beginning. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. It is the Not So Bon Voyage podcast. I'm Jules. Are we really recording? Yeah, we are. <laughs> I'm Christine. And this is the podcast all about when shit goes wrong on the road. That's exactly right. And we are in lockdown. We're in lockdown. And I thought that I'd catch Christine off guard this week. And she started the podcast with a burp. I, I thought I was going to get it out before we started recording, but... I was wrong. No, no, no. It's very unpredictable times these days. It is so unpredictable. The, the lockdown is locked down. The, the, it is locked down, or at least our area. The San Francisco Bay Area is now on a shelter-in-place lockdown for the next three weeks. Yes. Last episode, you heard we were in a van being surveyed by uh, possibly police and children because we were hanging out in a van <laughs> in a park for a number of hours. That was in the middle of Washington, that was in Washington. In Washington. Now we are back in the Bay Area, in California, wrapped up two months on the road in Canada, very cold Canada, and glad to be back in San Francisco. But obviously on lockdown, you know, not super fun. Yeah. So we got back last week in the middle of the week. And now just a few days later, we were so excited to be back and see all our friends and do a bunch of stuff. And then it was like, boom, you can't leave your house. Yes, but we are being socially respond. No, social socially distancing. We're social distancing. We are being responsible. We are making sure that our very able and healthy bodies aren't being vehicles for this coronavirus. <laughs> We are not vehicling the coronavirus. We are not enabling it. We are staying at home. And, well, I mean, partly that is because we have to. But, no, we want to. We want to stay at home. Yeah. We're on day one, pretty much. And we're already starting to go a little kooky. We're going a little bit crazy. But, I mean, we don't have much of a choice. The travel industry is taking a huge hit right now. And, to be honest with you guys, a lot of our work has just stopped. Yeah. So, (laughs) I'm drinking wine. We don't I mean, have, it is 5 o'clock. We don't have much option. We had a few travel plans coming up where we're supposed to be doing a few trips around the US. All of those have been put on a uh, prolonged Hold. hiatus. Yeah. Um, and But, you know, we'll be back. We'll be back into it. It's just that you can't really travel right now, nor should you be encouraging travel while this virus is spreading. So what you should be doing instead is bunkering down, listening to the Not So Bon Voyage podcast because it's stories. It's still travel. It mm-hmm. might not be going uh, as pretty as you would like. It's it is the story, the podcast about when shit goes wrong on the road, but it's still travel. It's true. So get out your Burning Man jackets and open a bottle of wine, or that's at least that's what doing. I'm doing, because it is five o'clock here, and it is actually it's right on the dot. It's five o'clock here, and it's St. Patrick's Day. Woo! And that doesn't mean much today. No, but it is episode twenty-five, and that means you know what that means. What does that mean? It means we have made six months of podcasting. Wow, that's crazy. A whole six months, Grandpa? It's our half birthday. It is our half birthday. Wow, we should have gotten a cupcake. I'm actually pretty uh, pretty excited about that. I would never have thought when we started this journey over six months ago that we would be 25 episodes in, have such an amazing fan base of voyages from over 50 countries around the world. We've got regular listeners, we've got regular followers. And we've got people who still, more stories are coming in more than ever. 
Seriously. And we just want to take a moment to say thank you to everyone who has joined us for our first six months. Here's to the next six months and beyond. Yeah, thank you to all our first-class voyagers for sticking by our side during this crazy-ass time. We are here for you. Yes, we absolutely are. Whether it is just to submit a story or whether it's to say good day, we're here and uh, we're not going anywhere, at least for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we're definitely not going anywhere. So send in your stories, please. Yes. Jules, how do they submit stories? Well, that's very simple. They can just go to notsobonvoyage.com slash submit and there's a very simple form or they can hit us up on the socials at notsobonvoyage on Instagram and Twitter, mostly Instagram because pretty much Twitter's dead. But for oh now- Oh my God. Well, burn. Burn. For now, I think we should just get into the episode because we've got a lot of stuff to cover. I have a amazing, a amazing? I have an A plus amazing. And amazing. And amazing. It's an amazing. It's animation. It's analytical. It's everything is in the story. Okay. Not really, but I do have a really good story that I think might be one of the most interesting ones we've ever told, at least in my perspective. Is this your main story? This is my main story. This is my swan song. This is the uh, piece de la resistance. Yes, it is. And it's the pizza de resistance. Oh, I would love pizza right now. Oh. Actually, we had pizza last we night. We had pizza last we night. We had homemade pizza last night. Where is that? I had a couple of slices left. Eh, don't worry about it. Okay. So uh, before we jump into your main story, I have a story update. Okay. Because I, I like to do updates. We want to do follow-ups. I love a good update. This is about the Grand Princess Cruise. I love Cruise. to be kept abreast. I love to be kept on the breast. <laughs> I'm sure you do. This is uh, a st- the update to the... I'm all flustered now. I know. I got He's blushing, you guys. I'm thinking about breast now, so it's hard not to. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is the milk story. Sorry. Um, <laughs> this is the Grand Princess cruise story from last week. And my voice just... Cruise story. Uh, this is the story from last week where I talked about the Grand Princess cruise that was stuck in San Francisco for the week. I recall. While they were waiting for it to be... Um, work out what to do with it, and then they're like, send it to San Francisco, that's where it's supposed to be. And everyone's like, no, we have to take it to Oakland. The people of Oakland are like, don't send it here. And it became this whole fiasco because someone on board had Corona. Actually, multiple people did. So only yesterday, no, so they did get off the sh- So last time I said that, they were disembarking on Monday. So that was last week. They did end up doing that, but then the crew was still stuck on board mm. for a long time. And the update was that the... The boat only just got relocated back to San Francisco Bay only yesterday, and it has to stay there for another 14 days. With just the crew on board? With half the crew on board. Okay. While they quarantine the rest of them. And the passengers who left the ship last week are now one week into 14-day quarantines uh, at military bases around the country. Okay. So they still have one week to go. Woo. So that's my update. But So they are there, but they are off the ship. But I just had a little not so a continued not so bon voyage for those guys because in an interview with USA Today, some of the people said that they were lacking food, oh. medical attention, and were being housed in unsanitary conditions Whoa. at the military bases as they are being uh, quarantined. They were lacking food. That's a pretty basic yes, requirement. I know. So it said one person said that food wasn't delivered to their room for more than twelve hours after they arrived. <gasps> No one checked their temperature for over two days, and their their uh, room had no towel and only a small bar of soap. No towel? Yeah. Wow. What the hell? But that's it's just a little snippet. Uh, the news source, I didn't follow it up too much because I didn't want to harp on 
Corona too much, but that was just a small snippet and update I had from the Grand Princess Cruise. Wow. So, uh, yeah, if anybody out there on the cruise listens to podcasts, we... Uh, give us an update. Give us an first update. Hand. Yeah. Send it in. We want to know. Wow, mm-hmm. those poor people. Traumatic event after traumatic event. I know. It just seems to be... We don't want to, we've, we've talked a little bit about the coronavirus. We don't want Ugh, to harp on it. This it's is not much. a coronasode. This guys. is not a coronavirus. Don't worry. We've, we are over it, as I'm sure most of you guys are. Uh, but I just wanted to give the update on those people because I think it's nice to always conclude a story when we can. Thank you. Please let us know when they have been released. I will give you that update next week. Thank you. Maybe, really? Or maybe not. Maybe I'll just be over it. Okay. Maybe we will leave you hanging. Yeah. We'll never or maybe know. you can just Google it yourself. Yeah, you lazy bastards. <laughs> okay, well, I have an in-the-news story. All right, go for it. There is a video going around of a crazed group of monkeys in Thailand. This is in Lopburi, Thailand, fighting over a banana. So I have not seen the video. But oh, you I haven't saw, seen it? No, but I saw the headline. It was, well, I mean, we, we are headline readers. We are headline We people. never read the full article. Yeah. I might scan the first paragraph. I mean, I kind of got what was the it's, gist. Yeah, it's the gist. But you should see this video. We'll post it on our episode notes uh, on the Not So Bon Voyage website, notsobonvoyage.com. And this video was crazy. There's literally hundreds of monkeys, and one of the monkeys has a banana, and they all swarm that monkey, and they just go bananas. For lack of a Literally. better term. So Lopburi is an interesting place. It's actually where I uh, discovered my fear of monkeys. Really? Yeah. So Lopburi is a famous place. In, it's probably about two hours north of Bangkok. A famous place for monkeys? No, no. Well, like for seeing monkeys and like things like that. It's, it's an oh. old area. It's got old temples in the north of Thailand. Okay. I've and never heard of it before. Yeah, well, it's not it's not super like well visited, but in 2016, I was in Thailand for six weeks doing uh, a teaching internship as part of my undergrad in a very small place called Antong, which was only half an hour from Lopburi. And so every now and then we were going to Lopburi because it had a bit more going on. And I didn't realize at the time that Lopburi was the crazy monkey place because this is they have monkeys there all the time. Oh, really? So okay. this is this is almost 15 years ago. And we stayed at a hotel that was cheap as fuck, and it was right on the corner of like where one of the monkey temples was. Uh, and the monkeys all night were like running up and down, uh, climbing the windows. That's we could terrifying. hear them screeching. And when we came out of the hotel during the day, they'd be on the street, and they were fucking terrifying. Yeah. They were like, I literally saw a monkey, uh, a car stopped, like a pickup truck stopped at a red light. Three monkeys ran, jumped into the back of the truck, pulled out bags of groceries and jumped out and ran away. Whoa, that's crazy. And we heard stories about monkeys stealing phones and stealing stuff out of people's bags and attacking people. And I was like, fuck the the monkeys. Yeah, seriously. And that's basically where I discovered I had a, a fear for large packs of monkeys. Okay, well, monkeys are kind of creepy because they look like little humans, little furry humans. And we saw them in Bali on our way to... I'm watching the video. Oh, my God. This would be probably one of my nightmares. I'm probably going to dream about this tonight. There are so many monkeys. Right, like hundreds, right? Hundreds I'm of not good at estimating. Oh man! Yeah, it's they are just really freaky. Oh, monkey! Damn, 
This video is... The noise. Oh, oh, okay. That's the fight. Oh, damn. Okay. I thought it was just the group of them that was the thing. No, they fight over a banana. Oh, yeah. No, I see it. I see it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's terrifying. Yes. It will haunt your dreams, but we will still post it if you want to watch it. Watch it at your own discretion. Yes. But I remember when we were in Bali and we went through the monkey forest... Not the one, not the monkey temple, but like the forest. Or wait, no, that was Lombok. Wait, where was it that we saw those monkeys? Where? And they were like all on the side of the road and we pulled That was in Lombok. Okay, we're in Lombok, Indonesia, which is right next to Bali. And they have a monkey forest that you can drive through. And you get to the where the monkeys are and they're all on the side of the road. And they know they get food from tourists. We didn't feed them, but they people, other people do. And as you're passing by... They literally look at oh, you yeah, in the, the car eyes. with their eyes and they follow, follow you, you with your their eyes and they are locking eyes with you. You're like, who's got the bananas? And it happens over and over and over again. And you don't see it's them terrifying. up until just right last minute where they see their little eyes just dart across and like, got you. I yeah, got you. exactly. They like spin their head around and they're like, banana. Banana. So, yeah, they're pretty scary. So, basically, the tourists aren't coming, so they're not getting fed. So, these monkeys are basically starving, and they're fighting over bananas like crazy. Like Planet of the Apes. Yeah, exactly. Which is a great reminder as to why that you shouldn't feed wild animals. That's right. Because what happens when the tourists suddenly stop, animals can't fend for themselves. Do not feed the animals. Even the birds, you guys. Yeah. We talked about this last week with the... uh, with the, what was it? Uh, chipmunks. We talked about it last week. And we anyway. talked about birds. Go back to last week's episode. Go back to last Figure week. out what we were talking about. Let yeah. us know. Tell us. Tell us what we were talking about. Yes, but I mean, that's what happens when you feed the animals. I'm sure this is happening in tourist destinations around the world. Mm-hmm. There's animals that are usually fed by tourists, and now it's just like nothing. So Sad times. Sad times. Our heart goes out to the monkeys, even though they're creepy AF. <laughs> Okay, anything else in the news? Nothing else for me in the news. Nothing else. Tourism has pretty much come to a screeching halt. So it has. <laughs> there's not really much to talk about. The news, the in the news stories are pretty slim at the moment, apart from just being the standard troubles because of things being cancelled from Corona. But we don't want to go there. Uh, mm. In positive news stories, uh, some of the world's most polluted. Mm. and disgustingly over-tourist places are actually getting a massive breather at the moment. True. Like Venice's canals and other places. I know. That are cleaning up um, from having no tourists there. So The Venice canals are crystal clear, which who knew? They look beautiful. Yeah, usually they're brown and murky. Yeah, which is... What, sewage or what? No idea. Disgusting. So, yeah, look that up online. It's pretty cool. Uh, They are The canals are just gorgeous. They're beautiful. Yeah. There are a lot of places at the moment that are very unpopulated, as they should be in this current climate. But, uh, yeah, no doubt that they are going to get completely destroyed once everybody can travel again. No doubt, no doubt. No doubt, no doubt. Can't stop the humans. Yeah. So, no, not too many in the news stories, but I do have a story, but you have a long story today. I've got a pretty long, uh, complicated, sort of crazy-ass story, so... I think you should go first. I think I should go first, too, because we might not even make it to your story. We might not, and if we don't... It might get bumped. If we don't, uh, Claudia Tavani, sorry, I will tell your story next week. 
Okay. But, but we it, might get to it. But she has a good story. She has a, uh, not to leave you on a cliffhanger, but she has a story that you can very much relate to in regards to a sailing trip. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you'll enjoy this story, as will our voyages. But we will see. You'll have to hang on and see till the end of the episode whether we've got time. Otherwise, we will tell you next week. But it is a good one. But I'm gonna I'm gonna hand over the. Um, well, you already you have your own microphone, so Thank I don't you. actually have to hand anything to you. That's true. Uh, nor would I because this is uh, an equal quality podcast. This, this is an equality workplace, you guys. So uh, if snatch, anything, I'm the boss. Snatch back the podcast. Snatch back the snatch. And uh, snatch the snatch. Here we and, are. Uh, there we go. Take there it away. There we go. So. My story... What's the title? I have a title. Oh, here we go. It's called The Mystery of Dietlov Pass. Have of you what? Dietlov? I'm pretty sure I pronounced it. I practiced it. You know it. you haven't pronounced Dietlov. it right. Dietlov? Dietlov. I'm pretty sure it's Dietlov. It's Russian. Spell it. D-Y-A-T-L-O-V. Can't Pass. even picture it in my head. Yep, Dietlov. So you've never heard of this? Nope. Okay, apparently it's pretty well known. I have never heard of this before, but I came across it on the internet where well, you find well everything. how well known can it be if both of us don't know it? And we know a lot of things. Well, apparently it's Russia's biggest conspiracy. That's what I heard. Mm, I, someone tells me they've got a couple of... Sometimes we've got a couple of other big ones. I'm sure they do have a lot of big ones. So this is one of the biggest, one of the most fo- folkloric... Um, Tales mm. of intrigue and possible crime, poss- possible uh, corruption, suspense. No, I wouldn't. Well, actually, maybe. Maybe. We don't. The thing is, it's an unsolved mystery. Okay. I'm going to throw that out there. I'm going to lob that one to you. So there's going to be, it's going to be a serial type thing. There's going to be gonna no be conclusion. Se- actually, the entirety of the podcast from this point on will be focused on this one story. So the next. Uh, few years that we will only be focusing on the story okay i'm just kidding (laughs) jules is looking to be like we are i'm like all right this is a long story no it's actually not that long i think i can get through it pretty quickly okay so let's do this so it is january 25th 1959 10 students in we're going way back we're going to soviet union okay so this is the ussr it's the soviet union right oh i can't wait for you to start bringing up historical Okay, so... Ten- this is why this story took you for so long. Christine's like, okay, so what is the Soviet Union I'm again? like, Soviet Union. Union. Onion. Soviet Onion. What's the USA? Let's peel back the... What's the USA? <laughs> Where is the USA, anyway? Okay, so January 25th, 1959. Ten students set out on a hiking trip. There's eight men and two women, and they're mostly university... Sexist. I mean, it's 1959. Standard. Actually, equality. There should be equality. <laughs> no, no, it is. Oh, is it? Two women. Two women? That's good. Is it good? Yeah, probably. That's not that many. Out of That should be 50-50. Yeah, but not for back then. F- yeah, 1959. We That's were doing pretty well. That's what I'm saying. Two women's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now now we need at least three or four. That's 20%. Mm. Two out of 10. Right? <laughs> yes, Continue the story. Math. Okay, so eight men and two women. They're mostly university students at Ural Polytechnic Institute. They're in their early 20s, except for one dude who is 38 years old. He's the Van Wilder of the group. Yeah. He just hasn't been out of the past university, and he just keeps going back. And exactly. And he's the Russian Van Wilder. And that's interesting. That's where the story came from. Yeah. That is actually his origin story. Yeah. Van Wilder. <laughs> that's his origin story. Ryan Reynolds owes a lot to this man. Yes. So 
We'll get back to him, this 38-year-old creep who just wants to hang out with the young Oh, youngins. he's a creep now. No, actually, I, I, that's actually really not nice to say because um, it's well, he's just probably, not very nice. Well, if he was 39 in 59, is he probably dead now? Okay, let me finish. Okay, let me get through on, this go story. On, go on, go on. Okay, so they're a fun-loving, goofy group. They like to joke around. They play music. They write songs. They're just like typical, you know, 20-something group of friends, basically. Yeah, gro- growing up on the Eastern Bloc. Yeah, exactly. Have a look at that gray wall. You know what they no. do in the USSR. They make up songs. They have lots of fun times. It's just really fun times over really there. really fun Cold time. War. Mm. Good times. Ah, a new concrete block building. Oh, let's look at it. So they are traveling into the Ural Mountains. So they're doing this hiking trip. Um, it's very difficult and very technical trip, but they're very experienced hikers. They have grade two hiking certification because apparently wow. that's a thing that's back a then. Thing now. It's a thing now. And they're taking this trip to get their grade three hiking certification, which at the time is the highest in the Soviet Union. And okay. it actually required candidates to traverse 300 kilometers. Wow. Which is like, that's a really long time. I don't know if that's all at once or like over the course of a time period. That's Did you do that a- at once? No, I don't think so. No, okay. That must be like over a period of time. Mm. So what we know about their trip is uh, what we've gathered from, I say we, like I, I'm I part of the say, research yeah. team. I'm at so, the, uh, uh, we're, we're at the Crack Foundation here where we're really busting open facts. and You know, I always bust open facts. You do. I'm cracking and busting. <laughs> cracking something. <laughs> so, we, well, so what researchers know and historians... Say so, we. I like we. Okay. So what we know of their trip, it's the royal we, we as a group. We know um, about their trip from diaries that they kept mm-hmm. and also several rolls of film. They had a couple cameras. So the diaries are very detailed because for the certification, they needed to have very thorough documentation of their trip. Mm-hmm. So they they kept meticulous notes. So as I said, this was a very difficult and complex hiking trip that would last 16 days and cover 190 miles. That sounds like your worst nightmare. It literally sounds like my worst nightmare. 16 days. Hiking. In January, in the mountains of Russia... Very in 1959, cold. they didn't even have like those little pop hand warmers that you crack and you put <laughs> in your like gloves. I mean, where's the thermal gear? Where's the Gore-Tex? Yeah, where's my two buck chuck? Like, where are my things? I need my things. So the leader of the group, um, his name is Igor Dyatlov. Of course, his name is Igor. Of course, his name. All these people have really Russian names. At least I think they sound really Russian. He's 23 years old. He's a radio engineering student at the university. So you may remember the story's name, Dyatlov Pass. Yeah. Well, now you do. So the pass was named after him after oh. this trip. Okay. So to get to the starting point of their expedition, they traveled by a series of trains over 300 miles, then 45 miles by bus and 25 miles by truck. So this is like a, even to get to the. Sounds like us going to Cabo de la Bella. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they had a few tortoises strapped to the yeah, roof. Yeah, just some locals. You know, I mean, even back like back then, it was like you can't just grab an Uber. Like <laughs> we're not that we're not there yet. Put in your destination, three hundred and eighty-five miles away. Seriously, no uh, uh, self-driving cars yet, unfortunately. So on January twenty-fifth, the group arrives by truck to Vizha. Vizhai? Vizha? Vishay? 
Vichet? Yep, absolutely. Sounds good to me. It's probably one of the seven that I just said. I think it's actually Vichet or Vichai. So we're going to go with that. So that's the last inhabited settlement from where they're going to, Mm -hmm. right? So on the 27th, the 10 hikers begin their trek to Mount O'Torton. The following day, one of the members of the group, his name is Yuri Yudin, he turned back um, because he had joint and knee pain. He had a lot of like pre-existing conditions. Did he have gout? He had gout. He might have had gout. (laughs) Jules can sympathize. Um, And the other nine kept going. So they were like hiking and cross-country skiing. Uh, On January 31st, they got to the edge of a highland area and they were like getting ready to climb up the mountain. That's it. We're done. That's it. We're done. And then they turned back and they were all fine. So on February 1st, they started to move through the pass, now named Diatlov's Pass, uh, and they wanted to make camp on the opposite side for the night. So they're all stuffed in like one tent, 10 of them. Well, now they're nine. It's very cozy. It's a very basic tent. And they also talked about their um, stove was like the super old school stove that took like over an hour to assemble. Okay. Isn't that crazy? You might as well just carry a stove with you. No Coleman. No comment. <laughs> so, unfortunately, due to snowstorms and decre- decreased visibility, they got lost and ended up near the top of Kolot Sikal, which is a nearby mountain that literally translates to Dead Mountain. Okay. In the local indigenous language. Dead man's... Dead you know, Mountain. Just Dead Mountain. Just Dead Mountain. It's dead inside. So people love that fact, but it's some people think that's like, it's part of this, like... I don't know, conspiracy or or folklore. Mm. Um, So the local people there are called Mansi, and it's their language. But they're known to be pretty, you know, peaceful people. So they realized their mistake, and they were like, okay, let's just set up camp right here on the slope of the mountain um, instead of going to, like, instead of going down to the forested area that Mm -hmm. would provide better shelter. They're like, let's just uh, camp on the slope, and then we'll make our way up. That is the last known movements we know of this group. Oh, it's a disappearance story. It's a disa- well, it kind of. So oh. that was February 1st, right? Um, so fast forward to February 12th. Dyatlov had told you Can we just call him D, Big D? Big D. I'll call, should I call him Igor? Well, what? why are you calling him Dyatlov if his name's Igor? Well, his name's Igor Dyatlov. Oh, we'll call him Igor. Oh, okay. Igor. It's way more, it's way more, less confusing. Okay, sorry. I guess I've seen the name Dyatlov so much, I'm like, that's really call him common. Igor. Call him Igor. I know so many Dyatlovs. Okay, Igor. How many Igors do you know? Just call him Igor. Okay. Igor had told um, Yuri, who's the guy that went back, um, that when they got back to town, he would send a telegram and just say, like, they made it back safely. He would text him, yes. He was going to send him a little text. They are going to do smoke signals. So Yuri expected that it might take a little bit longer for them to get back. Uh, but eventually, when the days went by, he was like, okay, well, this is kind of sketchy. Like, they're not back. Like, they're very experienced hikers. We're, we haven't heard anything Where from them. Sketchville. So... Eventually, like relatives of the travelers demanded a rescue operation. An initial rescue group was sent out with t- students and teachers, and then later the army and military forces joined the search with planes and helicopters. So they're properly lost at this stage. They're, I mean, this is like, uh, well, so on the 26th, they sent another search party. So that's two weeks after they're supposed to be back. Okay. 
So that's 26. Let's see. When did they leave? So that's like a month after they left. And they're only supposed to be gone for 16 days. Well, there so you that's go. quite a long time. So Almost as long as it took you to work out that how many days it was. That's exactly right. Yes, that's right. On February 26th, they finally find the hiker's tent. So I'm going to describe the scene that they stumble upon as a search party. The tent was there, but it's half torn down and it's covered in snow. Inside, there's no people, but all of the group's belongings had been left inside and it looks very organized, like as if they would have just left for a second and come back. Okay. All of their shoes are left behind. Their but shoes? Their shoes. Like all, but okay, do they have other shoes or just like? No. Okay. All of their boots, all of their shoes and hiking boots are left behind. Okay. So the back part of the tent was slashed open with a knife, and it was later analyzed that it had been slashed from the inside, which is an important thing to note. Okay. They could not Everybody find... Everybody take out your notepads and pens. Take We're detectives a- now. The tent was slashed from the inside. I repeat, the tent was slashed from the inside. Take note, people. All my little uh, private investigator wannabes, you can take note of that. So they couldn't find the survivors anywhere, but they found eight or nine sets of footprints left by people wearing only socks or a single shoe or even barefoot. Now, keep in mind, this is January in Russia, lots of snow. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be anywhere without proper footwear. The footprints uh, followed to the edge of nearby woods, and they also found the remnants of a fire. So fast forward to another one of the searches. Two young men... Okay, so like trigger warning? Warning, this is a little bit graphic, but not super graphic. But if you don't like the... I don't think it's a trigger. It's more like just a warning. Warning. If there's any like really young people that listen to our podcast. Hopefully not. I don't know why you are listening, but... But thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Keep listening. Leave us a review. If you can handle it, leave us a review. uh, Send us your own story, whatever age you are. So two young men spot a knee sticking out of the snow. Uh Uh-oh. The snow is excavated. And they said, I need to know what's going on over there. They were actually on a need-to-know basis. So (laughs) they ran back and got the rest of the search party. And the snow was excavated. They found two men lying next to each other. And both of the men did not have jackets, pants, or shoes on. Were they from the trip? They were from the trip. There okay. were two of the men, two of the hikers. So one of them was Yuri Doroshenko. Dor- Is that a different Yuri? Different Yuri. Okay. Yuri number two. Yuri two. Uh, he was wearing a shirt, swim trunks under long underwear, but the left leg of the long underwear was torn off. So he only had the right leg on. Okay. He was lying face down with his hands folded underneath his head, like as if you were sleeping. You know, you kind of like put your hands yeah, yeah. underneath your hand. The other one was Georgie Krivonashenko. Georgie. Georgie boy. George. Georgie. He was wearing on a shirt. Wearing on. He was wearing a shirt, long underwear, and he was on his back with his face up. Next to them was a cedar tree, and there were broken branches up to five meters high. So there's like a few theories about the tree that maybe one of them climbed the tree to like look for the tent to mm-hmm. get like a higher visibility or possibly they climbed the tree to get away from something that was attacking them or whatever, mm-hmm. or they broke the branches off for kindling. 
Okay, that so, seems more likely. So some theories. I think the, most people think they probably climbed the tree looking for the tent because it was very low visibility. It was a moonless night. And then they went back to the snow and then kicked it with their hands behind their head yeah. in swim trunks. I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe they figured they were passing away, so they might as well just put their head under their hands. And just enjoy it. Yeah, well, not enjoy it, but go well, to sleep, basically. Yeah. So the next day they find two more bodies. They have dogs with them this time, so they signal on something. They find Igor, our main man, Igor. Yeah. Oh, so they did find him. They found him. He was died. He died. He was died. He was died. Igor won. Igor, the only Igor, the main man, Igor. His body was under the snow. He was fully clothed. The OI, original the, Igor. <laughs> oh, the OI. He was fully clothed, but again, no shoes. And then they find Zenaida. Uh, one of the women in the group, just under the snow surface. She's face down with dried blood on her face. She's fully clothed, but no shoes as well. Then they're both facing the tent as if they were like heading back to the tent. Hmm. On March 5th, another group is sent out with long poles to probe the ground. And they find Rustem Slobodin face down. He was clothed and he had one shoe on. He was also heading towards the direction of the tent. So how many have they found so far? Um, They found uh, four, or sorry, five so far. Okay. Now he had blunt force trauma to the front of his head, which Hmm. nobody else had that. So some have said that maybe he fell over again and again, but that's pretty unlikely because I don't know why, nobody knows why he would be so clumsy. He's the clumsy one of the group. Yeah, just repeatedly fall. But nobody else has any... Blunt force trauma. Well, no one else was as clumsy as him. Yeah, I mean, I'm very clumsy, so I could definitely... I probably have had a concussion in my day. That would be my excuse. Just from clumsiness. That'll be your excuse. You've heard it here first. Yeah. If there's a staircase-type documentary. <laughs> it was an ale. <laughs> so they're unable to find the other four hikers, so they look again in May after the snow has melted. On May 4th, they find a pile of clothing that has been shredded... And then they find the bodies of the four remaining hikers in a nearby ravine. So these guys are much better clothed than the other ones. And it's thought that maybe after their friends died, they took off some pieces of clothing of them Mm. and like wrapped themselves. Okay. But it's still no shoes. So one of the hikers was Ludmilia. She is found face down in the ravine. This is a little graphic, but her tongue and her eyeballs are missing. So oh. s- some theories on this. The prevailing theory is that organisms in the river, she was in a river face down, was that decomposition, predators, you know, organisms in the river, her eyes disintegrated and her tongue as well. Because it had been months after that. Okay, yeah, that's a, fair, that's a fair amount of time. However, she had a good amount of coagulated blood in her stomach, which suggests that she was alive when her tongue was removed. Hmm. Um, so some, some, there's like some conspiracy theories that maybe Russian special forces or some other group was involved and, you know, they do like that crazy ass torture where they like cut your tongue out. Okay. You know, or they're like, you're not talking I'm going to cut your tongue out. Maybe she was just a nagging woman. Well, apparently she was the oh. most vocal. Oh, there you go. This I've has been, it. uh, discovered that she was very outspoken. Mm, maybe a little... Too outspoken. Maybe. No tongue. Uh, but we that's all conjecture. That's we also pretty extreme. No. 
very extreme. Why would she be the only one that that would happen to? But why would she be the only one with the missing tongue? Hmm. These are questions. So in all, six of them died from hypothermia. The other three died from mass force trauma, similar to a car crash. That's what it has been compared to, like the physicalness of it. Wow. The physics, if you will. But is the that, weird, the is weird that thing damage is damage to their body, internal. Okay. The weird thing is, there's no outward trauma. There's no bruising besides a little bit of blood on that one girl's face. There's like nothing outside that suggests they got hit by something. You know, apart if you're from in the a, missing eyes, apart from the missing eyes and tongue. But if you're in a car crash, you're yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. fucked up on the outside yeah, and the inside. Busted bones and. So this was just on the inside. Hmm. So, this has been a huge mystery for over 60 years. What about if they were caught in an avalanche and the, sh- and the snow crushed them? I'm going to go through some of the prevailing theories, Ooh, if I can't you will. Wait. If, please do, Will. So, the official Russian investigation decision, decision? Uh, like the ruling, was that this was a compelling force of nature, which is not very specific. That seems like a cop-out. It sounds like a cop-out. So the big question is, why did they leave their tent in the first place? What would have made this group of very experienced hikers like slash their tent open in the middle of a moonless night, leave their shoes, and just like peace out into the freezing cold? Maybe they had... When you have... Were they at altitude? Um, I don't think they were at very high altitude, and they had so much experience hiking in the mountains Hmm. that... It probably wouldn't have made that when much of a difference. When you have hypothermia and like all that crazy shit that happens to you when you're at like altitude or in the cold and things like that, your mind can go crazy. True. But for nine people to go crazy like that? Maybe they ate something bad. That's possible. I have someone not heard bought, that as a theory. Someone bought mushrooms on the trip thinking it would be fun. That and was then, what I was thinking. And then Karen freaked out and uh, everybody lost it. It's always Karen. Karen's just like, there's spiders on the walls. And they had to slash it open. I mean, that's not a terrible guess. But as far as we know from the diaries and everything, we don't know that they were on any sort of hallucinogens. So there have been 75 theories that have been put forward according to the prosecutor's office. Wow. Give me the top three. I am now going to go through every each 70 of the 75. I'm just kidding. Give me the top three. (laughs) I'm going to give you the top uh, four. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we'll bust through these pretty quickly. So... First theory, avalanche theory. Okay, so that's what I was thinking. I was thinking... Snowy mountain. That's kind of like that uh, that mystery where it's like the guy's hanging and there's only totally. a puddle of water under him, like how it happened. It's like, oh, he stepped on an ice block. That's so, such a good riddle. That is a very good but riddle. But pretty much after the age of 10, you can't tell anybody that riddle because everybody, everybody knows, knows it. Everybody knows it. If you don't know it, well... He hung himself. He was standing on an ice block. Oh, okay. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, Bruce Willis sees dead people. So there you go. (laughs) No, he is dead. Oh, fuck. That's right. You can't even spoil something right. I spoiled spoiled the spoiler. Okay. So I was thinking that with an an avalanche, if a huge wall of snow just went boom and hit Mm -hmm. you, it could hit you like a car, but it wouldn't give you any physical damage on the outside. And then it would sort of melt and then... That is one of the prevailing theories, okay. yes. So basically, just, I mean, I don't want to toot my horn, but like, I could be a detective. So you just solved it. 
I mean, that's I the, think I that, solved it. If all the theories, that's the most basic bitch theory because oh. everybody jumps to that conclusion. Okay. So Give let me, me lay another one on me. Well, let me school you about some contradictions for that. Mm. So if they had heard the sound of an avalanche, they would have had a procedure for such such an event. Had AirPods in. Had AirPods in. They had the really good new uh, noise canceling AirPods. If they had first generation AirPods like I do, we would have been fine. We would be fine. So that's good to know. They were not on a very steep slope. So there's like a specific degree of a slope that doesn't qualify for an avalanche. And they were on that degree. Um, also, the author of um, the book about this event, which avalanche is called is Dead Mountain. Yep. He has been there and he said, when you're standing there, you can tell that it's not an avalanche type scenario. Okay. I don't know if that man's an avalanche expert. I'm sold. Also, the tent was intact. So it's unlikely Mm, that that would have been involved. But that uh, Russia really likes that theory. They're into it. Well, that's because it's an easy one. It's an easy one. It's a cop out. So it makes me like it less. Okay. I'm I'm uh, refuting my claims to Avalanche. I don't like okay. it. Okay. Well, do you have any other guesses? Um, is there going to be something to do with some kind of foul play with the indigenous population? Uh, that was suggested, but after uh, extensive, uh, I wouldn't, uh, probably interrogation, mm. they did question a lot of the local Mansi people, but it has been decided that that was not involved. Okay. They were not involved. Any form of drug related thing no what's mm. this what's like a snowy like a kind of crazy like a tiger like a, a siberian a tiger? tiger no is that a thing are there tigers in the snow yeah oh snow that's leopards. awesome no so. um there probably are some theories about uh uh like bears or animals but yeah. it is there's nothing that big okay plus that none of them have like uh really claw marks Mm. or any sort of thing okay well i'll just tell you okay yeti theory you know what a yeti is yeah i know okay a vulnerable snowman a vulnerable vulnerable how the hell do you say that a vulnerable a vulnerable a vulnerable killing it right sasquatch sasquatch yeti let's go with yeti so harry and the hendersons harry and the hendersons harry's out taking a walk he's minding his own business well if it was a yeti I feel like a Yeti would do more damage as well. We don't know what a Yeti would do. That's actually very real. true. But, I mean, they could be real. I saw a very convincing video that I will be adding to our website. It's not related to the story. Oh, great. Christine's a Yeti believer now. Like snowboarders in um, Squamish, and they um, saw what they think is a Yeti. And they were helicoptered in to this uh, location to go snowboarding. If and they, they were have Yetis a video. In, they would be in Squamish. They would be in Squamish. Why? Well, it was like really up high. Okay. Yeah. They're not just like walking around downtown Squamish. Like, yeah. can I go to the brewery? Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, oh, chips and a pie special on Tuesday. Fantastic. Let's do this. So let's unpack this theory just a little bit. So I told you that they had cameras and there was film found. There was a photo found on the roll of film that was recovered from the hikers that shows a Yeti-like figure walking in the background. It's blurry. They're always blurry, but it looks very Yeti-like. How come nobody has ever discovered UFOs or Yetis or anything in the age of amazing cameras 
Everybody discovered shit back in the day when cameras were sketchy. That's ads. so true. And now everybody. Where's my iPhone XR portrait mode Yeti photo? Now everybody's iPhone is amazing, and now suddenly, and we're more connected than ever, and everybody's we can got a zoom device. In like- like and seven suddenly or something. no one's seeing the yetis yeah. or the ufos or the fucking crops or the this or the that where so, are those yetis at i'm calling bullshit okay so basically there's a photo which we will put up on the website notes not so uh that is from their role of cam- their camera roll and it looks like a yeti but they think it's probably they were just messing around and one of them dressed up you know or whatever that's what yeah. they think. Okay. But it was the last photo on one of the rolls of film, Ooh. which is kind of odd. Suspicious. Also, like Yeah. One of the girl's diaries, she wrote, and now we know that Mank are real. Mank is their word for Yeti. So she did write that, but it could have been a bit of a joke. But it's kind of a weird thing to write in your it diary. It is a weird thing, yeah. Yeah. So the theory is that they were hiking. They saw this Yeti. They took a picture of it. Then it disappeared. They went back and to the, the camp. And was like, I didn't give you permission. I yeah. didn't appreciate that. And I want please my don't model. S- I want my licensing rights. And <laughs> please my do royalties. not post that on Facebook because my wife will kill me if she knows I'm out. Yeah. She will kill me. Harry did not like that. He didn't. So, you know, they went back to the camp. She wrote, and now we know that Yeti are real. And then later that night, it attacked them at the camp. Now, we don't know what a Yeti would do if it attacks people, but there is one person who had blunt force trauma to the head, so it's possible it targeted that person. I don't know. There's just a conjecture. Mm. And it could also fit with the theory of the two guys climbing up the tree to escape something attacking them. Because okay, they yeah. climb like 15 feet up in the tree, and it is known that Yetis are about nine feet tall, so oh, oh, a bit it of a high difference. I mean, Yetis, I'm assuming, can climb as well. Yeah. So, now we'll move on to that theory. Okay, I, mean, I want to investigate that theory more. Can you make sure you put all the links and stuff? I will put in all the links. Okay. I'm definitely going to put in the snowboarder video because it's very interesting. Okay. It's, I don't know. You'll have to take a look at it. Hmm. I'm not saying they are real. I'm not saying they're not real. I'm Ooh, just saying okay. we don't know. We, we definitely don't know. We don't know. Okay, so next theory. All I do know is that these guys did not have a good trip. They had to not so bon voyage. It was very not, very okay. bad. Um, next, I'm just going to go through a couple more. Next theory. Rattle this, me off a few. I like to rattle. I think they're interesting. I'm saving the most interesting one for the last. So this is the theory of an author named Donnie Eicher. He is the author of Dead Mountain, the untold true story of the Dyatlov Pass incident. So he literally wrote the book on this. He went to the place. He did a bunch of research. If you're interested in this story, this is a good book to read. All right, tell me what the theory is. Okay, so his theory is infrasound. Have you heard about this? Never heard of it. Tell me what it is. It's a natural phenomenon of wind that creates like this specific vibration of sound that humans can't hear, but basically it affects your body in crazy-ass ways, including feelings of dread, fear, and panic. Don't buy it. Next theory. It has been weaponized by several governments, so that's fun, Mm. Uh, but it only affects about 22% of the population, so it's unlikely that all of those people were affected by it. Not buying that one. I buy the Yeti over that one. I don't know. The guy who literally wrote the book on this uh, said that's his theory. Yeah, well, check check what he's got stocks in. Well, that's stocks in that weapon. In infrared. <laughs> that's possible. But I thought that's really interesting. If you're interested in conspiracy theories and whatnot, check out Infrasound. Uh, 
Very interesting. Sounds like a music festival. Hmm. Um, military theory. So Soviet Union started the Cold War. One of the hikers had high levels of radiation in his clothing, which is like random and sketchy. Mm-hmm. Also, remember the weird 38-year-old that was camping with a bunch of 20-somethings? Oh, I was wondering when we get back to that guy. So he was a World War II vet. He happened to survive like all these really sketchy situations. He was also a very late addition to the group. He didn't really know them. They were all friends. He was uh, just at, got added by Igor at the last minute. And it was also discovered later that he was uh, using a false name with the group. So this guy's a bit sketchy. So there's a theory that he was maybe a KGB plant. He died, yeah? He died. They all died. Okay. The only one that didn't die was the guy with the bad knees who went back early. Thank God for the gout. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they... The the idea is maybe they were going to this sensitive area and they wanted the KG somebody from the KGB there to spy on them, mm. uh, and then things went haywire and it all went belly up. So that's a theory. Okay, so this is the last theory. This is called the giant glowing orb theory, or at least that's what I'm calling it. <laughs> so at least thirty people has have said that they've seen giant fire orbs that have taken fifteen to twenty minutes to traverse the sky in the area during that time period. Okay. There have been witnesses, giant glowing orange balls in the sky. Like comets. Like a meteor, but meteors don't take that long. Mm-hmm. So possible military testing, but no one heard an explosion. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people say like UFO, paranormal, extraterrestrial, whatever. But... Um, oh, there's also a mysterious photo of a bright light that's l- the last shot on one of their rolls. I thought you said the Yeti was. Well, there's multiple rolls. Oh, okay. Another odd thing. So one of the main investigators, Ivanov, very Russian, was so he was one of the main investigators for this whole case during the whole time. He was very forthcoming about the investigation. Um, he had like a really good reputation. He was just like super legit. And then sometime during the investigation, he was uh, taken to Moscow or went to Moscow. Mm -hmm. And when he came back, he was a changed man. They say he was very quiet afterwards. And after that, he removed all language about anything related to any sort of mysterious thing in the sky from all of the like documents and whatnot. So he had it all stricken from the record. And that included witnesses that actually saw the orbs. So huh. all that stuff got so taken out. So this is out. a massive conspiracy then? This is, a, this is probably the biggest part of the conspiracy. Apparently, on the evening that all that shit went down, February 1st, uh, about 70 Ks from the mountains, apparently several geologists saw glowing orbs flying in the direction of the mountain that the people were found deceased at. Hmm. So that sounds pretty sketchy. So Ivanov took everything out of the documentation about sky shit, orbs, balls, nothing, nothing of that. No fiery balls. No orange balls. But then in the 90s, which is a lot later, he came out and said officially that he believes that whatever was in the sky was related to the deaths at Dyatlov Pass. There you go. There you go. So he's had a change of tune post- uh, Soviet Union collapse, maybe a little bit more freedom to bounce from the crew. And he goes, actually, guys, so he's he's probably dead now, yeah? He's dead now. 
He, yeah. But, um, but yeah, but that basically he didn't go into great detail. He didn't say there were weapons, but he said there were balls of energy. I don't know. We don't know exactly what they were, but basically that that was related. And it seems like the Russians were trying to cover it up. Damn. So this is a crazy travel story of, of massive, like so many different levels of conspiracy or possible outcomes. Yes, there's all. There's even more stuff about like maybe a camera was missing, a diary is missing. There's a there's a a lot more than I'm going into. So if you want to learn more about it, um, in 2019, 60 years after the mystery, Russia reopened the investigation. Uh, they announced that they will only investigate three of the most likely theories which are avalanche, snow slab, or hurricane, which I didn't really get into snow slab or hurricane because they're kind of boring. (laughs) (laughs) But basically they said that um, anything that's related to crime is out of the question and they're only investigating natural phenomenon. Huh. Mm -hmm. So I guess they're investigating it right now. I guess it's possible that they could have been picked up by a hurricane and like slammed down. Although you think the tent would be in good, like in bad shape then. Right. It just doesn't add up. Mm. And, like, why did that one guy have blunt force trauma to the head? Why could have hit his head on something? Multiple times? Yeah, like boing, boing, boing. Like like ricochet. Damn, that is a crazy story. Yeah. I do want to say thank you to the podcast Astonishing Legends. They have a two-part series on this, which is really good if you want to learn more. And also the true educator of our generation, Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Wikipedia. Or Mrs. Wikipedia. Donate your $3. You know how. We donate. We donate. Yeah. But then they always hit you up and they're like, can we have more? And it's like, settle down. I, I gave even, you $3. I don't Come even on. use you that often these days. I, Google I tells me Wikipedia. my answers. Google tells me so. Well, that is a very interesting story. I like yeah. I like mixing up some of our, our shorter stories with some more in-depth ones. We go into the depths of like old mysteries and things. Yeah. Well, I figured it's a crazy time for the world right now. Why not get into some conspiracy theory, Russian shit? Everybody loves that. Everybody loves that. True crime. I mean, I just, I'm really into it. If you guys have any true crime travel stories that aren't too grisly, we're trying to keep things, you know, not super intense. Then please let me know because I would tell me specifically because I would love stuff. to tell those stories on the air. I love me some true crime, uh, and I would love to tell more of those stories. Yeah, keep the stories coming, guys. Uh, I think I th- I think we might be a little bit out of time this week. Oh, I tried to keep it short. I could have no, gone no, even. No. I, I actually like, have more notes that I didn't get into. I liked it. I liked it. I just would like to do Claudia's story justice, so I think we're going to have to tell it. Next week, guys, uh, and because there's, I, I want to, I don't want to just tell the story, then be done with it, because there's a couple of follow up things, talking about sailing and things like that. I want to discuss, so uh, I think I'm going to save it. Okay, I like it. Yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna uh, wrap up for the week, but we are going to keep you going. We are dedicated to keeping this podcast going in a time of need. We know that everybody's travel schedule and their sort of Life schedule is very disrupted at the moment. Mm-hmm. Your usual routine of commuting when you might listen to podcasts or doing this or doing that, everything, you know, shopping at the supermarket or doing everything is pretty disrupted. Uh, so hang in there. We're sending you lots of love and positive vibes wherever you are in the world. We hope that you're listening, but more so, we hope that you are taking care of yourself and of your community. Stay safe, guys. Stay safe and don't be crazy. Don't be buying every roll of fucking toilet paper that there is out there. Hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer. Save some stuff. 
look after each other, look after the elderly, help them out. I don't know. Do things. Do things. Do nice things. Yeah. And talk to us. Hit us up on our social. We're at home too. So yeah, hit us up. We're at home. We're at home just uh, awaiting this crazy time. In the US, everything's turning into lockdown now. Parts of the other world are, going to, are coming out of it. Some of them are going back into it or starting it. So, uh, yeah, anyway, we'll be here. The, we'll be here for the next three weeks. We'll be here for the next three weeks. And then from then on, let's see what happens. So remember, guys, to stay safe on the road or stay safe at home. Stay safe at home. We'll leave it at that for we'll now. We'll just leave it at home. And uh, if you know a good story, don't forget to tell us about it. Yes. Peace, guys. Bye, bitches. Bye.